This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's going on, everybody, on this Thursday? You got me, Freddie Coleman, Joe Fortenbaugh, in for the guys today on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Always tell your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Let us know who will be the best rookie in the NFL this year. Hit us up at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The New York Jets don't want to do it. But the NFL, Joe, is going to make them do it when it comes to HBO Hard Knocks. As a matter of fact, Dominic Foxworth, who played in the NFL, now an Anscape senior writer. When he was on first take with me and Tim Legler, as well as Christine Williamson yesterday, he is not trying to hear it about the New York Jets not wanting to do Hard Knocks because it's too distracting. It's just going to be five or ten extra cameras. It's not that challenging. The idea that somehow Hard Knocks is a distraction. You're a garbage coach. If some, if some cameras showing up is going to distract your team from getting any better. And if it is a distraction, fine. Let's prepare for how we are going to deal with distractions in the regular season. Let's practice that now when we are just playing preseason games. I've never known anyone great to say, hmm, let me see if I can find the easiest way to do this, especially when you're working out. You don't put 10-pound weights on the bench press because it's lighter. You put the heavy weights on so that you can get stronger and get better. So anyone who thinks that there's some sort of distraction about hard knocks that's foolishness (laughs) Dominique Foxworth is not here for their feelings and you know what how do you think he actually feels about the situation I I really I I mean he really (laughs) held it in that whole time about how he felt about it but he's not wrong because even I made the point as well if you're worried about distractions now with Aaron Rodgers on your football team based on a couple of extra cameras and HBO then you're not a good enough football team to do with any kind of distraction that's going to be even worse no matter what happens this season in New York with that media and the fan base when it comes to the Jets and Aaron Rodgers being together. You know, if you're a good team, you probably don't want to be on this because you might not want to give away any trade secrets or you might not want teams or people becoming familiar with some of the guys on your coaching staff so they come and poach them. If you're a bad team, you don't want to be on this because you don't want to be exposed for being bad Mm -hmm. and ultimately end up losing your job. The problem for the bad teams... They're generally the only ones that are available for this. Because if you made the playoffs the year before, you don't have to appear on it. If you have a brand new head coach, you don't have to appear on it. And then there was the other criteria that if you've been on in the last X amount of years, five or 10, you don't have to be on it. But I guess they're trying to move past that this year with uh, the New York Jets. The bottom line is that I think Tannenbaum made a really good point in the last segment. Having those cameras can be a benefit to you your players might try harder. Everyone might be a little bit more dialed in. Look at Detroit last year. Yep. Won nine games. If you go back, and this is courtesy of Mackenzie Kramer, researcher extraordinaire who works with us on Daily Wager, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Boom. That's how you plug it. Attaboy. Of the last five years, five years of hard knocks, there have been six teams because in 2020, we got the Chargers and the Rams. In the last five years, we've had six teams on hard knocks. Five of those teams went over their season win total that mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Vegas sets those numbers. They'll say you can bet over under seven and a half wins for the Chicago Bears, for example. Five of the six teams on hard knocks went over their win totals. So they're actually performing at or above the expectation Vegas is putting on them before mm-hmm. the season starts. So this idea that you don't want to be on it, that's just got to be ego, right? You don't want to look it, foolish. It's such a cliquish environment when it comes to football and football players and football coaches, but more coaches and general managers. I keep reminding people, 
It's not rocket science. Or as the great Mike Tyson once said, it's not rocket scientry. It's football. <laughs> You're not doing anything that's reinventing the wheel. You're not finding a new way to throw the football. Or everybody uses the same running schemes in different formations and everything like that. They make it seem as if the, your game plan is the first game plan that no one has ever seen on a week-by-week basis in the National Football League. Everything is based on what Vince Lombardi did and what Paul Brown did and what Bill Walsh did and what Mike March did and all those other coaches in the history of the NFL. You're not doing anything that somebody has not seen before. Now, if you don't want a certain tendency to get out about a player, that I understand. You don't want teams to look at that and say, okay, his weakness could be this. Then you could exploit it. Then you don't let the cameras see that. But more than ever before, Joe, especially when it comes to younger players who are on social media a lot, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever they want to be, GBT, whatever they want to be. (laughs) The last thing you need to talk about is distractions from HBO you should be more worried about distraction with your players involving gambling and other forms of social media and not worrying about extra cameras being there because Hard Knocks has been a staple of preseason football with HBO and the NFL for a long time. Not only that, when you see what this exposure can do for you individually, not just as a team, but individually, I'm surprised more coaches with personality wouldn't want to do it mm-hmm. so they can show the personality so it can set them up for a desk job down the line making a ton of money to comment on football. Dan Campbell became so much more lovable no after watching him for a year, watch doing the push-ups and the planks and everything uh-huh. with everybody. Um, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, whatever he was back then, <laughs> eating McDonald's every time he goes out. Yep. These are stories people gravitate to. Look no further than Drive to Survive, the Netflix show that started chronicling Formula One. Formula yep. One has seen an explosion in popularity, specifically in this country, because of that. And the first season that that took place, Lewis Hamilton and some of the other star racers weren't even involved. They didn't want to be around it. They saw how popular that was, and in year two, they all came back around and wanted to be in it because it meant that much. The NFL is obviously very popular in this country. You don't necessarily have to have a hard knocks in order to keep the popularity up. But individual coaches, guys with personality, you should want to be on that show. It can further the brand in a big way. Joe Ford and Bob Freddie coming together on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You use a great word when it comes to personality. And let's be honest, plenty of NFL coaches don't have personalities. They ref- it seems like plenty of NFL coaches refuse to let you see that they have a personality because I can't tell you how many times I've heard what a great jokester and also a great sense of humor Bill Belichick has, the Patriots head coach, but he's never going to let you see that. That's not a persona that he wants out there. So for every Dan Campbell, Andy Reid has a tremendous personality in Kansas City. We see it all the time oh, with yeah. him. But those two seem to be – the outliers to just about everybody else. Mike McDaniel has a great personality, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He's not afraid to laugh at himself and have people laugh at him. But I think so much of that culture is ingrained in coaches to say, you're supposed to be the CEO. you got to be the rock-hard person. you got to be the person people rely on. That doesn't mean you can't have a personality, but so many coaches, in my opinion, are rooted in the fact that let the players have the personality, let the fans have the personality. We're supposed to be above that. Yeah, hold on a second. I'm right. It's not 1925. You can actually have a personality <laughs> as a coach in 2023, and it's not going to be looked and frowned upon by anybody else out there, including people in your own organization. Especially with how casual every, everything's become. Casual everywhere. Like, you're, you've got the tie on today. You look fantastic, if I may say. Credit to your wife, because you. I know you had nothing to do with that 100% look. fact. Nothing to do with that look. <laughs> (laughs) But the reality is the tie in the workplace, 
that's going a different distance. Yeah. You go to a golf course now versus 20 years ago, dudes are playing music out there. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a lot more colorful patterns, different types of shoes. Not sure. knocking any of it. It's just we've become far more casual as a culture. And if you look around at coaches in the NFL, it's not old guys who are grumpy and yelling anymore. Mm-hmm. It's young guys who are relatable. You look at Mike McDaniel. You look at uh, LaFleur in Green Bay, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, McVay with the L.A. Rams. There are a lot of young guys running teams now, right. and they have a different look and a different approach. Not everyone's going to have a grade-A personality. That's just how it is in all walks of life. But mm-hmm. this show, it shouldn't just be – a certain criteria that gets you on it or that right. gets you out of it. I would like to see Shanahan and the Niners on this thing. I would like Me to see too. some of these competitive teams on this show. I think a lot of people would, and the fact that we give them these outs to stay away from it, you're just kind of hurting the viewers long-term. Yeah, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, you can't yeah, tell me great. that would not rate. And I wonder how much of this has to do with the NFL and it is still an old boys, old money club. Absolutely. I wonder how much of that will change eventually when the NFL gets new and younger money because these, these guys and ladies are not going to own these teams forever. They may not be able to pass it down to family members forever who may not want to be interested in owning an NFL team. I wonder how much of that could be a paradigm shift when new young money, like we've seen in the NBA, gets involved with that league along the lines of the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, think about how these Twitter handles for the teams handle draft night. Their Instagram accounts, right? They put together these great productions. You get players involved, new guys involved, all that. But it does feel like ultimately, once you get to the front offices and the coaches, they want to keep things tight-lipped. They don't want to run the risk of looking embarrassing out there. You know, we talked about it earlier with the NBA fans will sit there and say, we'll move on from this player, put a new plan in place. You can get back in five years. These guys do not have that luxury of thinking five, eight, 10 years down the road. They have to think about now. If you stumble in year one as an organization, that's fine. New coaching staff, new GM, but you got to improve upon it the next year. And some of them don't want to risk saying something that goes viral on hard knocks. Then people label them as goofy and move on. I mean, Rex, the famous line about now let's go have a snack. Uh Uh-huh. Right? That yeah. that that's great TV, but does he want to be labeled that way? Mike McCarthy in Dallas is already known as a guy who cannot manage the clock, who cannot manage game management situations late in games. Does he want to be on that again? Now he was before, but people don't come away sometimes with the best opinion of you, and you don't want the owner thinking that stuff as well. Well, put it this way, if Hard Knocks goes to Dallas Cowboys say to be on it, there ain't no way in hell Jerry Jones is keeping them off of that. <laughs> because that becomes the Jerry Jones show. He loves as far it. As, oh man. If he got the Cowboys on hard knocks every year. Jerry Jones would do that regarding the Dallas Cowboys. Great stuff on Joe Fordenball. Joining me, Freddie Coleman, together with In for Fitz and Harry, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 in the Big Apple of New York City. And speaking of New York, Joe Fordenball tried to tell you, and if you listen to him, boy, did you lose a lot of money. That's next on ESPN Radio. Coming up Friday. Will Kyrie Irving stay in Dallas? Could Draymond Green lead the Warriors? I'll tell you where the biggest free agents will land. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. More Fitz and Harry coming up on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. These are the things you need to know. You need to know something. With Fitz and Harry. 
Just like the great Tom Petty song, we need to know, we need to know, we need to know, with Joe Fortenbaugh, Freddie Cohen together on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We bring in the assassin known as Evan Wilner to make sure that everybody will no longer have to worry about being on a need-to-know basis. Yeah, so let's do it. Uh, you guys probably did know that Domingo Herman threw the 24th perfect game in MLB history and the fourth in Yankee history. You may not have known that the three previous years the Yankees threw a perfect game, they won the World Series. Wow. 1956, 1998, 1999. Joe Fortenbaugh knew it was coming. Here's Joe yesterday on Daily Wager. Two bets here. A's plus 130. I'd also play the A's in the first five innings at even money. Domingo Herman has been horrific as of late. 15 earned runs allowed over his last two starts. That's only five and a third innings pitched. ERA and XERA both north of five. Oakland lefty J.P. Sears has been terrific. Two or fewer earned runs in seven of his last eight starts, during which time he's at a 2.93 ERA. You have to go to a presidential debate to find more incorrect <laughs> statements in one monologue than that nonsense right there. Which, by the way, I'm glad uh, everyone was able to dig that up and have right. it handy for today's show. Thank sure. you, fellas. Well, they're here for they're, they're not here for you. Let's put it that way. As far as that goes, but put it this way: no one could have seen Domingo Herman throw Ooh. 99 pitches. Have a perfect game for the first time since 2012. And I thought Evan was great talking about any time a perfect game has happened in Yankee history, it's always started with guys with the name D. Don Larson in 1956, David yes. Wells in 1998, David Cohn in 1999, and now Domingo Herman in 2023. So the next time a Yankee pitcher on the mound, the first letter of D in his name, I'm going to put a wager he might throw a perfect game about in 2038. Come check out Daily Wager today, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 to find out what I'll get wrong for Thursday night. Oh. <laughs> I'll definitely be watching to find out what I should fade. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's enough of that. I'm sure Ouch. we have other things we could discuss. <laughs> yes, <Man>. we can. <laughs> Joe, Joe, not the only one having a little bit of an embarrassing <laughs> night. Here's Carey Price, the goaltender for the Canadians, trying to announce their first-round pick. Bonsoir. Le Canadien de Montréal are proud to select David... <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. Ouch. We planned it that way. David Reinbacker. Reinbacker. Oh. Ouch. When I saw that last night, I put my hand over my face and I put my face over my, my hands, my hands going, is it over yet? <laughs> is he done? <laughs> what they don't, what you don't see. What you don't see is how Price was so set up to fail here. First and yeah. foremost, hand the man a card. Exactly. Hand him a card with the name so that if he's up there and he freezes, like mm. people have been known to do, mm. he can look down, gather himself, and fire off the name. He had no yeah. card. None. He looked like a deer stuck in headlights. And then with a group of people from the Montreal Canadiens right behind him, no one nope. gave him the name. No nope. one was willing to yell it out or whisper it or come up to bail him out mm. until all the way at the end. So... Yeah. That's a tough go right there for Carey Price. Put it this way. Sword, Price falling on it. Price falling on it, sword. <laughs> no one stepped up to help him. I mean, Canadians are usually better than that. Yes. Not just yes. the Canadian organization. It's all like Canadian people. They didn't care about Carey Price's feelings at all last night. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Victor Wembanyama may have grown a little bit. The official height for the number one pick in this year's draft, the Spurs said Wednesday, is seven feet, three and a half, uh, three and a half inches that is uh, without shoes per NBA guidelines. That's apparently a half inch taller than when Wembenyama 
uh, was back in October when he was in Las Vegas for a pair of exhibition games. So what do you guys make of Victor Wembanyama growing since October? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make because he's so young. So I yeah. guess there's still room to grow at that age. But haven't you already done enough growing for like Thank 10 you. human beings in one lifetime? Thank like you. you're good, bro. You're 7'3". You're going to be fine. Seven three and a half isn't going to change anything. And yet here we are. I mean, where does this end? Are we putting an over-under at 7-4 and 3-8s? We'll put it this way. If he grows an afro, he'll be 7-6. <laughs> get that gets, Ben Simmons afro going. Yeah, if he gets the Ben Wallace. No, Ben's at ben yeah, Wallace, yeah. yeah. If he gets the Ben Wallace or the, the Jackson 5 circa 1970 afro rolling like that, he's going to be 7 foot six when it's all said and done. Jared Allen's got a good one in Cleveland. Oh, he yeah. That, Jared that, Allen that, going, that, he's that, up there. That, that we used to call it the blowout comb kind of afro. He's got that working <laughs> in Cleveland. Good call on Jared Allen on that one. You gave yeah, me some good, good ideas. I might find a way to find out, finally be 5'5 five, five after all. <laughs> you're, working, you're working in the 5'4 range no, right now. Yeah, uh, oh, hold on a second. Around, range. I, I would pay anything to see an afro on Evan Wardner. I would give all the money, Joe, in your pocket to see that. <laughs> It'd be a, it's a red afro, right? That's what I'm saying. He would look like Eric oh, Clapton man. and Cream. <laughs> can, can, can him play. Hey, we, we exactly. Got, we oh, got Carrot Top oh, out oh, here in Las oh, Vegas. Yeah. We got oh. Carrot Top out here in Las yeah. Vegas. Roll and roll with Evan Wilder now. <laughs> All right, last one, guys. Uh, my favorite soccer team is Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. Their forward Hungman son became a year younger overnight this week after his native South Korea formally scrapped their traditional unusual traditional method of counting citizens' ages. So I'll Uh explain this to you. The traditional Korean age system dates back centuries and saw the gestation period of all babies included in their age, deeming them to be one year old at birth. Every person then became another year old on January 1st, even those born in December. So, like, for example, the singer Psy, who you know from Gangnam Style, Uh was born on December 31st, 1977. The next day he turned two years old. So he is now 45, he was considered uh, 47 by Korean age. Now he is considered 45 by Korean age, which is what he'd be considered by uh, international age. So what do you guys make of their, first of all, their unusual uh, method of counting ages and, and scrapping it? You know, Little League coaches around the country are going, we got to make sure that works for us. Yeah. <laughs> You're have like Except in reverse, though. It's right. in reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I guess the Korean age system had trouble counting back then. I don't know. I, I have far more questions than I have takes. So Me too. I, okay. I understand back in much older times, we did things differently that yeah. through time we've determined we can improve upon. Absolutely. Why is this just getting adjusted That's now? a great question. Like, you're telling me in the year 2015, they weren't thinking like, eh, maybe we should tweak this. Maybe they should be thinking about this in 1815. 1815, 1515. Yeah. The Renaissance, the Industrial Revolution, <laughs> any era. Sir Walter Raleigh. Like, 2023. And another thing, uh, as a father of two young kids, I read and study a lot about educational systems around the world because I want to know what works best. South Korea, widely regarded as mm-hmm. one of the best educational systems in the planet. Right. I'm going to have to rethink where I came yes. across that information. No doubt. Because How can you be two years old 24 hours after birth? But I'm with you. How did this go centuries upon centuries upon centuries? Right. And then he finally got to 2023 and said, you know what? We've made a mistake. <laughs> That's like someone coming in today being like, you know what? 
<laughs> we just found a way uh-huh. where we can cool down your house in the summer. How do you feel about that? <laughs> like I would have liked hearing about that about a thousand years ago. <laughs> Does the technology just now exist or have you had it? Because exactly. the counting technology has existed. Yeah, since Socrates and Plato. It's been around for a while. And this is South Korea, Evan? Yeah. It is, yes. Actually, this is a great line. Two people born in January and December of 1990 are judged to be the same age. Man. Uh, under the new law, people right. are now allowed to buy alcohol when they turn 19. Okay, so th- that's when that can come into oh, play. Yeah. There we go. Glad we got that solved. It always comes back to money and alcohol. We keep right. telling you people that. Joe Ford and Bob Freddie Coleman together. This is going to mess me up for a while. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm about to say, the look, on your, face, the look on your face right now, it's like a sadness has come over you hearing this information. I, I The more I learn about the world, the less enthused I am about yeah. raising children well, in it. And yeah. it's you see this, and it's like, South Korea, you were supposed to be one of the good ones (laughs) i know you got some neighbors that are questionable but you were supposed to be one of the good ones and now all of a sudden i find out you can be two years old after 24 hours of birth joe under under previous law under previous law joe take this word these words of advice from me the more you know the less you'll understand when it comes to the world (laughs) my friend joe farnball freddie coming together on fitz and harry presented by progressive insurance what do your home and auto have in common other than not counted by South Koreans back in the past, they're yours and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. You're going to go from one bald man like me to another bald man as we get in touch with inner Howie Mandel, a little deal or no deal. You're going to be more smarter next on Harry and Fitz on ESPN Radio. NBA free agency begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. They have the ability to improve this roster and just keep growing this young core that they have. The balance of power could be shifting in the NBA. Get the very latest moves, news, and what it all means. Free agency frenzy. It's right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Free agency begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. They have the ability to improve this roster and just keep growing this young core that they have. The balance of power could be shifting in the NBA. Get the very latest moves, news, and what it all means. Free agency frenzy. It's right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And for the third straight year, NBA free agency is not going to start after midnight. It's going to start at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Joe Fortenbaugh, Freddie Coleman together on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's time to do a little deal or no deal, because now we bring back in Evan Wilder, who was so savage when we had need to know. And poor Joe Fortenbaugh has just been scarred for life based on counting from the centuries involving South Korea and their whole counting system. So we're going to try to make things better. A little deal or no deal. He'll throw us scenarios when it comes to NBA trades and we'll let you know if that could work or that is no dice. Evan, the floor is yours again, my friend. Yeah, so this is from ESPN.com. All of our experts threw out trade ideas. We'll take the first ones. Bobby Marks, trade one. Brooklyn Nets get Damian Lillard and Yusef Nurkic, while the Blazers get a bunch of players and picks, including Spencer Dinwiddie, Nicholas Claxton, Joe Harris, to name a few. What do you guys think of Lillard and Nurkic to the Nets for a bunch of players and picks? Deal or no deal? 
I'd make a deal here. I think this works out all right. You want to move on from Damian Lillard. You're going to get three first-round picks coming back to you, 2025, 2027, and 2029. Spencer Dinwiddie's 30 years old. He can help with the development as a point guard of Scoot Henderson. Nicholas Claxton at age 24 stepped in this past season and had a career year, played 29 minutes per game, uh, was scoring, I believe, about 13 points, nine rebounds a game. So those are contributors. You get some pieces, you get some picks, and more importantly, you can move on as an organization. This deal works for both teams because you're right. Damian Lillard and Mikael Bridges together, there won't be too many backcourts better than that in the Eastern Conference. With both of those guys together, you get a low post play in Yusuf Nurkic. As long as not complaining to the referees, that should be a wonderful addition for the Brooklyn Nets. And then, like you said, like the Portland Trailblazers, you not only get younger, but you get players that can help you right now and still have a chance to fortify your future. I'm with you. That's more deal than no deal. All right, trade two from Bobby Marks. The Knicks get Paul George. The Clippers get R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, and three, uh, two first-round picks and a 2025 first-round pick swap. Deal or no deal? No deal for me. As a Knicks fan, Paul George can't stay healthy. That's a lot to give up for a guy that may not be around the playoffs to get started, and even when he's there, he's been terrific. But that's a lot of capital to give up for a guy that may not be there as terrific as he's been. For me, that's a no deal. Agreed. If I'm the Clippers, I'm making that deal. But if I'm the Knicks, I am not making that deal. Paul George, 33 years old now, so there's plenty of time left. But 56 games played last year, 31 the year before that, 54 before that, 48 before that. The Knicks don't need to give up a bunch of assets for a really good player who can't get on the court. They need to give up assets for guys who can contribute now and get them over the hump. That was a big step forward last season, but you can't go giving up all this in exchange for a guy who might not be there in the playoffs. Now, playoff P, if he's healthy, boom, that'd be great for the Knicks, but there's no guarantees. And based on what we've seen in each of the last four years, it's more likely he ends up hurt than it ends up he he ends up healthy. All right, uh, Andrew Lopez, here's his trade idea. The Knicks again, they get Carl Anthony Towns in this one. The Timberwolves get Julius Randle, Isaiah Roby, Jericho Sims, and three first-round picks. This is ridiculous. This, I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. This is a this is a deal if you're Minnesota. This is an absolute no deal if you're the New York Knicks. Again, the Knicks are about toughness. The Knicks are about wearing you down, trying to beat you up, trying to stretch this game out, and then pull off one more play late to win. Carl Anthony Towns is not that guy. Carl Anthony Towns is out there telling people how when his career is all said and done, people are going to say he changed the game. How? How? (laughs) There are jokes out there, and he puts up numbers, but in that series against Denver, the amount of times he looked lost on the court late in the game. He's not a rookie. He's not a second-year guy. He's been around long enough that he needs to play bigger in a series like that, and he couldn't, Freddie. If you're the Knicks, you got to get the hell away from this. Oh, I think this is a deal. For one reason, you move on from Julius Randle because whatever has not happened for Julius Randle in the playoffs, and to be fair – his ankle was compromised in the playoffs this year. He re-injured that ankle in the first-round series against the Cleveland Cavaliers, so I might give him a pass on that. But I've seen Carl Anthony Towns. He wore out Memphis last year. That was a great first-round series. I don't know what happened this year. Maybe the aliens got to him or whatever that is. I have no idea. But I think once he's around a guy like a Jalen Brunson, a Josh Hart winners like that, and he came from a Kentucky program, that he'll get back to being a Carl Anthony Towns. So I hear what you're saying as far as that goes. But for me – as a Knicks fan, I'd make that deal in a minute. All right, next one's from Nick Friedle. The Heat get Damian Lillard. The Blazers get Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, and the draft rights to Hami Hakez and 
two uh, two first-round picks and a pick swap. So the Blazers get a bunch of stuff, and the Heat get Damian Lillard. Deal or no deal? That's not just a yes. That's a hell yes. Why not? Because the guys you're giving up aren't going to matter as much as Damian Lillard can do that for your team, and he's still young enough. 32 years of age, he can play at an elite point guard level until he's about 36. So now you got him, you got Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent had to worry about getting worn out anymore because he's not going to be in the starting lineup. You got Bam Adebayo. This is all the makings of that working from Nick Friedel. That's the deal to me when it comes to that, Joe. Yeah, I love this deal for Portland especially. You're going to get Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. You get Jaime Jaquez coming in on the draft rights, and you get three first-round picks beginning in 2028. It's a little bit of everything. You get the assets for the picks if you want to make deals down the road or draft younger players. You get some younger players that can come in. You get some proven players that can come in, and you can build this thing up. Fantastic. And for Miami, this is the guy that could put you over the top. Dame Lillard, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. Who wouldn't want to see that in South Beach next season? All right, last one. Kevin Pelton says the Lakers get – this is a three-team sign-in trade, so stay with me. The okay. Lakers get Fred Fred Van Vliet. The Raptors get Tyus Jones and Mo Bamba. Uh, Tyus Jones comes from the Wizards. The Wizards get Malik Beasley and the Lakers' 2030 first-round pick and 2030 second-round pick. I like it for the Lakers because Van Fleet is a guy that can come in and help you win now. And you're giving up Malik Beasley and a 20-30 first-round pick. Your first-round picks don't mean anything right now. Who cares? You only have this much left of LeBron James and who knows how much of AD. You have to maximize the window now. So they maximize it. The Wizards end up getting a whole lot of... You know, rebuild pieces. Mm-hmm. The Raptors get Tyus Jones and Mo Bamba. I mean, they walk away with something instead of losing Fred Van Vliet. So I'm with it. Deal. If you're a Lakers fan, you should want this deal to happen because now you get a proven playoff performer, a guy that doesn't need to have the ball in his hands, but a guy that can also play off the ball when you want to have LeBron James be the point guard position. You get a reliable guy in the playoffs more than D'Angelo Russell was with the Los Angeles Lakers because he looked horror awful in that series versus the Denver Nuggets. And everybody else is going to benefit this. Fred Van Vliet's an underrated defender. So you got a guy that in the age of meet, meet, road, road runner point guards in the NBA can still guard guys, and he's 29 years of age, so he's still young enough. So yeah, if you're a Lakers fan, you like this. If you're a Raptors fan starting over, you like this. If you're a Wizards fan, you're thinking, we'll take anybody that wants to be here after losing Bradley Beal in that offseason trade. He's Joe Fortenbaum, Freddie Coleman, in for the guys today. Thanks for joining us on Fitz and Harry. When it comes to NBA free agency that starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow Eastern time, the one move that's guaranteed to happen when that happens, you'll get a guarantee from me, you'll get a guarantee from Joe. We'll put those guarantees together next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. NBA free agency begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. They have the ability to improve this roster and just keep growing this young core that they have. The balance of power could be shifting in the NBA. Get the very latest moves, news, and what it all means. Free agency frenzy. It's right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
free agency begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. They have the ability to improve this roster and just keep growing this young core that they have. The balance of power could be shifting in the NBA. Get the very latest moves, news, and what it all means. Free agency frenzy. It's right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe Fornbaugh, Freddie Coleman, in for the guys today on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Don't forget about us on Sirius XM Channel 80 and tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you love pizza and you love money, then we're definitely sure you're going to love this. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Joe Fornbaugh, the floor is yours. Let's make sure we get some pizza money going to put some more money in people's pocket by the end of the weekend. This is a little segment we do on Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, weeknight, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We've been doing it since January. We've made over 300 bets. We're up just over 10 units. So it's been successful so far. We'll try to have some success here on Fitz and Harry. This is a matchup today between the Boston Red Sox and the Miami Marlins. We're going to make a first five innings bet, which means everything that happens after the fifth inning doesn't matter. It's a way of basically betting the starting pitchers and not worrying much about the bullpen. Give me the Marlins okay. in the first five innings, right. minus 110. Look at the pitchers here. Jesus Lozardo is going to go for the Marlins. 377 is his ERA, but it actually drops to 3.60 when you look at his ex-ERA. That's an important distinction. It basically takes a lot of other factors to make ERA more accurate right. and tells you whether or not a guy's been unfortunate or fortunate. Lazardo's been a little unfortunate this season. He's been better than his ERA indicates. On the other side, it's Brian Bello pitching for Boston. 3-2-7 ERA, but that jumps all the way up to 4.12 for an ex-ERA. It means he's been very fortunate and he's caught some luck and some regression could be coming. So pizza money, Fitz and Harry, Marlins, first five innings, minus 110 over the Red Sox. Real quick, what is the action of Miami Marlins, the way they've been able to play in Las Vegas regarding that team? Oh, in terms of uh, like their futures prices. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's they're in the division with the Braves, which crushes everyone's odds and everyone's right. prices because the Braves are like the runaway favorite right now. As we bring it up overall to win the World Series, scroll, 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 50 to 1. They're right there with the Seattle Mariners, right in front of the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cleveland Guardians. Your beloved New York Mets, 33 oh, to 1. That doesn't make me feel better. Does that make you it. feel like it's worth a wager, or do you feel like that nah. would be money flushed? The, the way that that team's playing, still eight games under 500, I'm not flushing my money on them. I'm not flushing <laughs> my money in flushing. I'm not doing that when <laughs> it comes to New York Mets. I, I, you let me write that. I had to go wham, put that right in the middle of fairway. You put that on the tee right there for me. <laughs> Speaking of money, according to ESPN's David Payne Purdom, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Barry, the Indianapolis Colts, and free agent Demetrius Taylor. They're being suspended indefinitely through at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games last season. Among the wages from Isaiah Rogers was a $1,000 prop bet on the over-under rushing yards and a coach running back, which he was able to win that prop bet. This is a bad look, a real bad look, because I want you to understand that according to this article, the majority of the wagers made by Rodgers were in the $25 to $50 range. Mm-hmm. So that's his standard bet size, $25 to $50. He increases that by 20 times for a wow. bet on his own team's running back over under rushing yards. Now, unfortunately, we aren't sure if he bet the under 
or the over. Right. If he's betting the under, it means he's betting against the player. That could mean inside information yeah. when it comes to an injury yep. or to the scheme, personnel, however they're going to deploy it. But it's a horrible look, and the bet did, in fact, win. Freddie Coleman, it did win. I wonder how many NFL players are running to the bathroom as we speak with more and more guys getting busted by the NFL for gambling because it's not that hard to either have somebody else do it for you away from your ba- your house, away from the NFL facilities. It's not that hard to do that. I want to know how many players out there are really shaking in their booties because this is not going to end with the two with three more players being suspended by the NFL for gambling and betting on teams in the NFL. I mean, a lot of this, I think, is ignorant. Some guys are getting nailed because they're betting on basketball or a sport that isn't the NFL, so they figure they're fine, yeah. but they're doing it in team premises, and that's a that's a big no-no. You can be geo-tracked there, so you can't do that. So I think there's some ignorance to some of the rules, and then for others, I think there's just the, how are they going to find out? How right. are they going to know? Exactly. Bookmakers talk to the NFL, and not just since legalization occurred. Vegas bookmakers have been in touch with all the major sports entities in this country going way back. If there is a suspicious line move, Vegas, Lutz, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball know about it. That's how corruption is determined. Vegas figures it out. It happened in women's tennis multiple times Mm -hmm. where you would see these crazy amounts of money bet somewhere on a specific match, very random, very random location, and then the, the, the one they're betting against in women's tennis, she might be winning. You know what she does? She'll withdraw due to an injury right. and that ends up paying the bet so wow. you go out there and look good and then it's well you know i think i got a hamstring injury i'm done here that's how you take the dive great stuff by joe ford and ball freddie coleman together on fitz and harry on espn radio like i mentioned about five minutes ago nfl nba free agency gets started tomorrow 6 p.m eastern time joe what, what's a move out there you say to yourself yep i'm telling you right now that move's going to happen Draymond Green back to the Warriors. I don't think there's any question about that. I know he's going to flirt. He's going to try to drum up interest, but Draymond has been with that team a long time. He's had a lot of success there. They can still compete. He's got relationships there where even when things go south, they still rally behind him. You go somewhere new, you're starting from scratch with the fan base, Mm -hmm. with the organization, and I know there's an appeal to playing with LeBron James. Maybe outside shot it happens, but I think ultimately Green is back with the Warriors. Okay, I'll throw one at you. This is all the makings of Miami signing Fred VanVleet to a contract. They don't have to give up anything for him. They don't have to give up picks. You fortify your backcourt. You move Gabe Vincent back to the – not out of the starting lineup and you move into the background in terms of being the backup point guard. I think that's his best spot for the Miami Heat. They got a guy who has championship experience and Jimmy Butler loves ride or die guys like that. So does Bam Adebayo. It would not, it would not surprise me. Miami may decide to move on and not worry about Damian Lillard and giving up picks for him and maybe making the play for Fred Van Vliet and not give up anything being an unrestricted free agent. It would put him in a good situation. It improves the roster, and you don't have to mortgage the future with a lot of the assets. I could certainly see Pat Riley making something like that happen. Yeah, he's an Eric Spolster kind of guy when it, when it's all said and done. Always a pleasure, Joe, man. We'll do it again, so have a great holiday weekend. Love you, too. Freddie Coleman. By the way, Joe Formbaugh is going to be at KJM Keyshawn, Jamal and Max tomorrow from 6, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Woo. time. I'll be back tomorrow with Peter Burns here on Fitz and Harris. So join us here on the mighty ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.